the people who succeed really put in the time because you have to love it. You have to love like the process and love learning. It's not just about the money. Like the money is a byproduct. Success is a byproduct of your hard work and passion. So like even, okay, I have you know nearly three dozen millionaire students. Most of them made very little to nothing or even lost money in year one or year two right. while learning, while trading small. You know, my top student, Tim Grittani, made nothing his first nine months. If you're studying and trading every day for nine months and you make nothing, are you going to continue? Because he was learning. He was focused on it. My top upcoming student, Jack Kellogg, has made $12 million now. He lost $2,600 his first year. He paid me like $5,000 for the challenge and he lost $2,600. So you're down basically $7,500 after right. year one. And it's like, oh, that's, this is a scam. You have to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Money Mondays. We have a very special guest today. I've known this gentleman for, I think, a decade now. He has over 14,000 students and growing that he teaches about stock trading, investing, and learning all things to make money online. Please welcome our very special guest, Mr. Timothy Sykes. Hey, thanks for having me. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. See you guys. We are co-hosted here with The Real Tarzan. As you guys know, Tarzan gets over 200 million views a month teaching and showcasing animal content. So I'm very happy to have him here. Timothy and Tarzan have actually traveled the planet together, and they actually work on a charity together, which is what we're going to get to today. Timothy, there's only three topics we go over. Cool. How to make money, yeah. how to invest money, and how to give it away to charity. I like it. You are the perfect candidate to talk about all three of those topics. So if you could, give us a two-minute bio so we can get straight to the money. Sure. Um, you know, I was a tennis player, but I'm Jewish, so I can't be good at sports. Um, so I got injured. My parents gave me control of my bar mitzvah gift money, $12,000, thinking I would lose it all. It would be a good lesson. Instead, I got obsessed with just looking at every single stock chart, finding patterns. I was right place, right time back in 2000. Made basically 100000 senior year of high school. Whoa. Nearly a million freshman year in college. Blew my mind. I'm from a small town in Connecticut. Um, I've been trading ever since. Um, made millions of dollars trading, but then I didn't have any rules or risk management. Eight years in, I was like really lucky. I was like the Jewish Forrest Gump. Um, eventually it caught up with me, lost a third of it, my money, my hedge fund. I was a cocky, dumb kid. So ruined all my industry credibility. Um, but then I was on this TV show called wall street warriors drunk in every episode. So very entertaining compared to all the other boring people. One of whom who turned out to be a fraud is in jail. Shout out geese Shemai. Um, but you know, I, I did have a good trading strategy before I lost a third of it when I tried investing without the rules that I didn't realize were so important. So came back to trading, um, right place, right time. This website called Covester uh, tapped into your brokerage account back in 2007, 2008. Um, and I gotten a lot of people wanting to learn from the TV show. So I was like, let me go back to my $12,000, prove that I can do it again. Tapped into Covester, verified everything, became the number one ranked trader out of 60,000 on Covester. Didn't quite turn the 12,000 into millions um, like I did before, but 12,000 into $250,000 in three years, showing every trade, yep. video lessons, blog posts, documenting the strategy. Um, now built it back up again over time. I have 8,000 video lessons plus. Wow. I give two to three live webinars um, a week, um, over seven and a half million in trading profits. I go back to the small amount every year, donate all my trading profits to charity because that made it more meaningful to me. The adrenaline rush of profits disappears after a while. Um, so now we've built 115 schools, wow. um, $8 million donated so far, traveling the world. You know, we did a documentary on the rhinos uh, in South Africa, one on saving sharks, saving coral reefs. Right now we're working on a documentary with our new schools in Bali. 
um, and just poverty in the third world. So very fortunate to make a lot, travel a lot, and now give back. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the place. So we're going to go in our steps, cool. making money, investing money, giving away to charity. Yeah. All right. On the making money side, how does Timothy Sykes make money? You have one part of your life is actually trading yeah. and one part of your life is teaching and you've yeah. got you know, like I said, like 14,000-ish students. Talk to us about both. So it's all mixed in. Um, I still trade every day. I make a watch list. I make video lessons. I'm trying to focus on the hottest stocks, but I trade with a small account. I trade for charity. So technically, I make zero from trading these days, which is fine by me. Um, still donate, you know, 2020, 2021. I made over a million dollars each year in trading profits, all wow. donated, but showing the process. That's yes. the key, right? Most people have small accounts like, a, yeah, I have 14,000 students, but most of them have like a two, $3,000 account. So I'm showing them how do you actually do something in the stock market with small amounts. Like you can't just invest in like, you know, a mutual fund. What Even if you make 10% per year, you're going to make $200 a year. It's a waste yeah. of time. Inflation is going to crush you. So I'm showing speculative strategies with low price stocks, penny stocks that everyone in the world hates, but I think they're really good for small accounts if you understand the risks. You know, 90% of traders lose. Right. Um, so most people, it's just like teaching them how not to lose. For me, rule number one is cut losses quickly. So I'm doing video lessons, um, I'm doing webinars, all teaching the rules on how to trade speculative stocks, but also do it thinking about the potential losses. Like it's nice you say like, oh, make money, like give back. Most people don't make money, right? So you can't give back. <laughs> and then you need to focus on like, how do you grow a small account? And this is what I'm really good at. Um, now, uh, 35 millionaire students, they usually start with like two or $3,000. My top student has now made 15 million. And so it's like showing the power of small accounts and like growing exponentially. No different than like with a business, but like with trading, you learn how to make, you know, 20% on a trade using $5,000, then 50,000, then 500,000. There's limited scalability. Like I'll never make a billion trading penny stocks, but you can make, you know, a few hundred thousand or a few million a year, which is more than enough for most people. So walk through the levels of your training. Like, is, it, is there like something people can just learn online? Do they learn from you? Do they go to live events? Like what, walk us through price, like walk us through the main things you can talk about of your training world. Yeah. So, I mean, it, teaching is not an exact science, right? Like everyone learns a little differently. We do in-person events, um, but it's mainly online. Like I give live webinars, Q&A webinars. You see my screen, you can see me trading. My top students are now helping other students learn. So, um, you know, I have the trading challenges where all my millionaire students uh, come from you pay a few thousand dollars for a year you get live webinars watch lists video lessons separate chat room and it's just a whole community focused on you know teaching um there's other levels too like lower levels where if you don't want to pay a few thousand dollars you know we have like 75 dollars a month you get a chat room you get watch lists you get alerts um you get some video lessons so it's a mix but the, the key is like Everyone always wants hot picks. Everyone's like, oh, what's the next hot pick? And I'm like, no, I'm a history teacher. I'm, I'm teaching basic patterns that work more times than not. And I still lose. Like people think like, oh, if you study enough, you can win 100% of the time. I lose like 30% of the time. But my losses are like one or two or 3% because I cut losses quickly. And then my wins are like 10 or 20%. So if your wins are bigger than your losses and you win more often than you lose, your account grows. The key is staying disciplined. So I'm basically teaching like degenerate gamblers discipline which is not an easy thing. They always want to trade. They want the action. Yeah. It's not even about the profits for them. They want the action. Like, yeah. what's next? Yeah. What's next? Oh, AI stocks are moving. Let me trade this. Oh, weed stocks are moving. Let me trade this. And usually they take subpar trading setups and they get subpar results. I say, like, if you trade random setups, you're going to get random results. You'll have losses. You'll get frustrated. So I'm teaching people to be very meticulous. I usually only take one trade at a time. 
Um, and I focus my energy. Not that I'm like trading huge, just I'm focused on it. So if it goes the opposite way, I'm out for a one or 2% loss. So you said that 90% of traders lose. Why do you think that, one, that they're losing? And two, why do you think a lot of people buy things like gym memberships or training courses and then don't follow through? The answer is the same for both. It's it's a lack of discipline. It's a lack of patience. Um, you know, even if most of my students don't study hard enough, those who do succeed because it's all about knowledge. It's all about preparation. When I say 90% of traders lose, that's just an industry stat. But, you know, with gym memberships, 90% of people with a gym membership don't go to the gym. They're still paying the fees. We were talking about this earlier. You're like, you know, New Year's resolutions, January, like, oh, I'm going to do things differently this year. So gym membership is high. Gyms know this, right? Gyms can like literally like track the number of users and it's pretty much much the same every year. January, biggest month of the year by far for gym memberships. February fades a little bit. March, it goes lower. April, very low. May, we were talking about this, like, oh, you want like a good summer body. So May, there's like a spike. So you're understanding like human psychology. We want to get better. We want to get fit. We can't all be like Tarzan. Like I, I looked at him like, dude, this, this hoodie, like he's wearing the Carmigala merch. Gonna, gonna this, is our, soon, yeah. this is our charity merch. I'm like, yo, yeah. we need to send him some extra clothes. <laughs> but he's, he's lifting, he's working out. You're always working. I'm always working. Like the people who succeed really put in the time because you have to love it. You have to love like the process and love learning. It's not just about the money. Like the money is a byproduct. Success is a byproduct of your hard work and passion. So like even, okay, I have, uh, you know, nearly three dozen millionaire students. Most of them made very little to nothing or even lost money in year one or year two right. while learning, while trading small. You know, my top student, Tim Grittani, made nothing his first nine months. If you're studying and trading every day for nine months and you make nothing, are you going to continue? Because he was learning. He was focused on it. My top upcoming student, Jack Kellogg, has made $12 million now. He lost $2,600 his first year. He paid me like $5,000 for the challenge, and he lost $2,600. So you're down basically $7,500 after right. year one. And it's like, oh, that's, this is a scam. You have to learn. If you focus on something like huge, right? Like when you bought this, you know, whole beautiful, you know, park that we're in right now. I don't even know. What do you call Ranch. it? Ranch? Sure. I call it a park, right? We'll it's, the, it a park, it's the park of dreams. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. That's like this whole thing. I see like field of dreams kind of thing. You had to take a loss at first investing in this, but you get paid back over time. So it's the same thing with, you know, gyms. Like if you want to be fit, it sucks, but you got to go through it and you get like rewards year two, year three, year four. So you just have to go in with the right perspective. A lot of what I teach is just mental, right? Like you don't need to be in a trade every single second. AI is blowing up, but it's not blowing up like overnight. Like it's not like, oh my God, I need an AI stock today. What if there's good news and there's an AI stock three days from now, but you're in a subpar stock because you're a degenerate gambler and you wanted action right now. So having a whole perspective, teaching like the whole journey. And this is like, you know, from myself, turning a few thousand into several million and now three dozen students turning a few thousand into several million. There's a process here. It's not fun. It takes dedication. But if you have the right perspective and you think, okay, it's a marathon, not a sprint, year three, year four, year five, that's what you're really training for. Like right now we're filming this in what? April, 2023. What can you do in April? What can you do in May? What can you do in June of 2023 to make 2028, 2029, 2030 the best year ever? People don't want to think that way, right? It's like instant gratification. Like, I want to get rich overnight. I want to build things overnight. It doesn't work like that. And some people start, like I have students who are like, oh, I'm going to be your next millionaire. Let me start with like 100,000. 
they inevitably lose more because they're untrained and they're trading with a big amount. So I actually encourage people, if you think you should start with like 100,000 or 50,000, start with like 5,000. Start very small because most likely you're gonna lose because you need to learn a lot of like counterintuitive rules. Like cutting losses quickly is not fun. Some of my best trades, I lose one or 2%. And I, I show every trade publicly. So I post my losses and like my haters are like, Sykes lost again. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I did. That's part of the game. Right. So being real, being passionate and being dedicated. So for all of our events, I either over-invite 40% of people, the, a free event. We have Elevator Nights, which is free. We've done it 51 times. If I have room for 500, I let at least 700 register because about 40% don't show up. That's good. You're above average. When it comes to our masterminds, we expect 20%. People that paid $35,000 or $100,000 don't show up. They paid $100,000 and 20% don't show up. Yeah. And so I asked about the mentality of the gym or info products or teaching, like what is the mentality behind why people don't show up? And I've encountered it for years. And it's fascinating to me because they will then justify it no matter what. And they'll either blame it on you or they'll blame it on the gym or they'll blame it on the structure or they'll blame it on the weather or their significant other. They always find something to blame it on. All right. The other parts of the making money side. When we go through chaos, would you say that's a good time for the stock market or a bad time for the stock market to make money? Chaos is fantastic. Um, panic is fantastic. I'm sorry to be like the bear of bad news, but like, you know, when other people are panicking, especially unprepared people, that creates opportunity. Like if you were going to get your own ranch, like you don't buy when ranch prices are at their peak, you wait for a real estate crash, you wait for somebody, maybe they have gambling debts and they need to sell like a good asset to cover their bad debts. That's when you have opportunity. So for me, one of my best um, dip buying opportunities is dip buying penny stocks that have recently risen. Stocks that are recently up 100, 200, 300, 500% in a few days, whether it's AI, whether it's some promoted stock or something, right? There's penny stock promoters like Wolf of Wall Street and wannabe Wolf of Wall Street. You don't chase it because it usually does come in. And when it comes in, because most people who trade are very unsophisticated, they start to panic. So they put stop losses, right? So like you can use a stop loss, which is like an automatic um, order with your broker. So like, let's say a stock has gone from one to seven in the past few days and you missed it. Maybe you sat on the sidelines, whatever. It starts coming down six, five, four people who have ridden it up and maybe they didn't take profits. They start to want to be like, Oh shoot, sure. this could come down. Stop losses go off at key round numbers. Newbies use like round numbers for stop losses. So it's like a tsunami of selling. So a stock that goes from one to seven and let's say five days can go back down to like three or four in like one hour. You know, I, I get these morning panics and sometimes there's a 40 or 50% panic in a morning. Mm. This is one of my favorite patterns. The promoters stop, the stop losses go off, the newbies get, you know, the weak hands get crushed out. And then you have a 40 or 50% off sale in one morning. It's like, you know, going to like a Black Friday sale at like Macy's and you get your favorite sweater like 50% off. Not exactly because stocks, when they drop 50%, they're different companies. But by and large, when you dip by a penny stock that's down 40 or 50%, no matter the news, even if the news is terrible, like I've dip bought penny stocks where like the FBI have raided the company oh and I've, I've bought the dip because get this, even if the FBI raids the company and the company's not necessarily out of business right away. And if there's enough promoters, the promoters want to bounce the stock because if the stock crashes all at once, the promoters get investigated. They probably like get locked up. So even 
terrible companies, like scams, I will dip by. I do blog posts. I wrote like why I invested $50,000 into this scam. And people are like, what are you talking about? Because again, I'm not in it for the long term. So I, I usually hold for a few hours, maybe a few days max. But if a stock is down enough, and this you know really works with penny stocks, but it works with cryptos too, I hear. I don't trade cryptos. Sorry if you think that you're talking to me on like WhatsApp or LinkedIn or Telegram. I'm not on any of those. There's so many crypto scams. But the point is you're buying a, a recently hot asset where there is some momentum or some promotion going on and you buy the panic. And it usually can bounce 10, 20, 30% in a few minutes, hours, or days. Then I lock it in over and over and over again. And guess what? If there is no bounce, rule number one, I cut losses quickly. So it's very meticulous trading. Most people don't do that. Most people are like, I heard a tip. Oh, my gut instinct. Oh, this is my lucky number. If you try to rely on luck, you're not going to succeed. You need to find a strategy where you win more times than not. This is like you investing in so many businesses. You have a formula that has worked over the years. So every time you go in, right? Like when you're dealing with animals, you're using your own experience. So I'm using my 20 plus years of trading experience on every trade. That gives me an advantage. So I always say to people that want to gamble at Blackjack or Baccarat or PyGao or slot machines, I say Las Vegas and all these casinos were built based off people's feelings, their intuitions. So I say that the, the canal of the Venetian, it's all water. I say those are people's tears mm -hmm. from gamblers who have lost and they're crying the, into the, the Venetian the, canal. The Venetian has the Palazzo and two more towers. The wind has the Encore. You know why? Because they kept making money. Caesar's Palace has multiple towers. MGM has multiple towers. Bellagio has multiple towers. Every major property has multiple towers, not because people can win at gambling. I am a high-stakes gambler. I play short periods of time, very calculated, and if I have any emotion to it, I stop. Because if you, once you have emotion to it or a feeling, and if my friends come there and they're like, oh no, do this, like stay on 16, I'm like, I don't have emotion to this. Oh, let's, let's split these sevens here. I'm like, I don't have emotion to this. Once you start thinking about it too much and you rely on luck or superstition, Again, sometimes you do win and then you learn the wrong lesson. You're like, oh, science, data, it doesn't apply to me. My mom told me I'm special. So I say, no, your mom was a liar, okay? You're not special. You, me, everybody, we're the average. And you might get lucky every now and then, but you can't build any sustainable wealth or sustainable business off luck. So you, you know, high stakes gambling, you go in for a short period of time. Me, high stakes penny stock trading, I'm very meticulous. I go in for short periods of time because that's more predictable. I don't know what a stock is going to do over a month, over a year, over five years, or a sector for that matter, right? Like, you know, what happened with the whole metaverse? Like everyone invested so much into NFTs, into metaverse, all crashed. It's still going to come back. I still think there's technological promise, but you can't rely on something where there's no good odds. I like good odds in my favor. So the reason that I play short periods of time for gambling is the same reason that casinos want you to play at least four hours to earn your rewards and points. Over the course of four hours, it's mathematically impossible to win. Let's just make it simple. Let's say Timothy and I were flipping a quarter, but Timothy has 52 quarters and I have 48. Who's going to win if we do that for the next four hours? Him, every time, because he has 52 quarters, I have 48 quarters. I literally can't win because he's got four extra quarters. Now, sometimes... I might get close to even. Sometimes I might squeak out one win of our flip heads versus tails. But mathematically, over the course of four hours, Tim's going to win over and over and over and over because he's got 52 quarters. I have 48. Why does that matter? I'm playing a game like blackjack where it's 52% versus 48%. We're playing a game like roulette. And people are like, oh, there's 35 numbers. Well, there's also a green zero and a double zero. And so just those two little numbers, when you take the math of 35 divided by two, 
there's an extra four or five percent that the house wins over and over and over and over. And so the reason I play short periods of time and people that are listening, when your casino host says they want you to play for four hours, it's because you literally and mathematically and unequivocally cannot win. There is no emotion to it. It's just math and time. So over the course of a thousand hands, if he's got 520 quarters and I have 480 quarters, I can't win. So keep that in mind next time you guys go to Vegas, play for short sessions or most importantly, play with a small amount of money, just like Tim said with stock market, play with a small amount of money, have some fun until you learn the game. All right. We talked a lot about making money. Let's talk about, talk about the investing side. Outside of investing in the stock market, are there things that you like to invest into and what would make you excited since you do so well in the stock market? What would make you want to invest into real estate or a company or startup, et cetera? Yeah, again, it's getting odds on your side or where you have some kind of edge. Like, you know, for me, like I, I invest in other, you know, stock market related um, info products because I, I know the game. Like I, I know, okay, this is a, a good quality product. This is what like consumers need. Um, for me, I'm not going to really invest outside my expertise because I have no edge. And then again, again, it's just, you're just gambling. You can't gamble and succeed. I know people want that. They love the right. feeling. They love the thrill of it. But if you have the odds in your favor, even if it's just by a little bit, it might not be exciting, but it pays more over time. And that's not to say that you win all the time. Like I wanted to mention with casinos, you'd think like, wow, I should just invest in casinos. They win every time. If there's too many people that, you know, don't gamble, like, you know, during COVID or something, right? The casinos lose money because they have basic costs and, you know, most businesses right. do. So it's not like a, a surefire way to make money, but the odds are on your side. You need to find. That's a horse. <laughs> Did, can they hear that? It's okay. No, no. I wanted them to hear it. Then we have like crazy things. There's a bunch of horses in the background. There's horses in the background. It's cool. <laughs> The point is that like you have to get experience to find like for me, like the dip buying penny stock patterns. I've been doing this 20 plus years. I know it inside and out. I know what a good bounce will look like. I know what a bad bounce will look like. Again, I still can lose on any trade, but I use my experience. You're using your experience. Like you don't know, like you're, you're dealing with like wildlife. Anything can happen, wild animals, but you're using your experience to lessen your risk. And like, you're seeing, okay, this is what has worked. Like how many times have you picked up a snake before? And now you know how to pick up a snake versus me. I just saw the snakes in the other room and I'm like, yo, <laughs> I, I don't know which is poisonous. I have no idea. I just assume the worst. I always say assume the worst every time. And this is a cynical way of looking at it. But if you know 90% of traders lose, like most investors lose, like just, just be extra safe. I don't think that you can be too safe. Too many people like the risk. They like the action. Like, oh, I don't know which snake is poisonous. Let me pick up all of them. Like, that's not good. You know, that's how, like you've been bitten, but you know what you're doing. How long have you worked with animals? My whole life, 23 years. Right? So you have a lot of experience. So, you know, if you were betting on me or him, like who's going to handle snakes better, right? <laughs> like, why would you bet on me? I'm all why? in, I'm all in. Right? That's a good bet. And again, I might get lucky. There might be like some like crazy snake that like doesn't like Tarzan or something. So it's not like a hundred percent, but the odds would favor him doing better. So you need to find games, industries, investments with odds in your favor. And just little odds can really add up over time. It can stack up over time. Like gyms make money over time because they know 90% of their people are not going to go to the gym. They know it, but people are still paying. Same thing with me, although I'm not happy when my students don't study. So a lot of what I post is like trying to get people to study. Like I have tweets, I have videos, I have photos. I'm like, just put in the time. I'm like a glorified history teacher trying to teach, you know, 
students to learn from history. And they're like, oh, I don't want to watch a video lesson or DVD from eight years ago. I just want hot picks now. But I'm like, if I'm a history teacher and I'm studying different empires of the past, you study like the Egyptian empire, the Byzantine empire, the Roman empire, you know, that way you can then learn, okay, this is what it takes to have an empire. And then you apply that in the future. Obviously every empire is different. Every time is different, but the more you study your past, the better prepared you are. So it's good that you have experience with animals, but if you can study too, right? Like if you can learn from other people, you know, you haven't necessarily visited every country in the world or dealt with every animal in the world. If you're looking to deal with an new animal, what are you going to do? You're going to go on YouTube. You're going to see what some expert does with this animal. Like we can learn so much online these days. Like this is the most unique time in history. Sure. Like we're filming this in a freaking van. Do they know what the studio looks like? Yeah. Right? Like this is crazy. In a few years ago, a few decades ago, this wasn't possible. Right. Now every single person watching or listening can learn from wherever they are in the world, but you have to put in the time. That's the number one thing. How do we get people motivated to want to learn, to want to study, to want to better themselves? Because it is possible. That's why I show off my millionaire students. I'm like, look at this. These are just average guys. Some people are like, oh, they're, they're hired actors. I was like, no offense to my students, but like I would have hired better actors if they were actors. They're not. They're just real people. Half of them can't even talk. You know, it's like Rain Man. But it's fine. They studied. They put in the time. They deserve the success. So we can just motivate people, push them more. So what would you say that the masses that most people do wrong when it comes to investing in the stock market? I mean, we don't have enough time for everything that they do wrong. But again, it's, it's wanting action. Um, it's trying to follow other people. Like, you know, you might hear somebody else is successful. So you try to just copy them. You know, you, you get like these hot picks. Like even if I had a hot pick from somebody and let's say it worked, I'm still going to always be reliant on them, which is bad. I don't want that. You should study so much so that you're self-sufficient. What if, let's say you, you find someone who's successful and they have hot picks like during COVID, you know, anybody thought they could be successful. There were all these like new gurus and then people are like, Sykes, you're just a boomer. You're old. You don't get the new world. This time it's different are the four most expensive words in the English language. <laughs> this time it's different. This time it's different. <laughs> experience doesn't matter. You don't get it, boomer. And I'm like, okay. I mean, they've said this to Warren Buffett too during, he has periods of underperformance where like when tech is like bubbling up, he's like, I don't understand it. Warren Buffett succeeds in the long run. So don't follow like these new trends. Try to ride them if you can, but don't expect these new trends to stay in favor all the time. Don't follow anybody else. Learn from others by all means, like use their you know, guidance lessons, like same thing with me, like use my lessons to help build your own process, but you got to be self-sufficient. I'm a big believer in self-sufficiency. I don't care how much money like your broker or mutual fund manager might make you. You're not learning. For me, it's not it's just about the money that I make. It's the process by which I make it. Like my students who have made a million, that's cool, but a million dollars doesn't go very far anymore. But the process of turning 5,000 into a million, that process is where the value is. The million is just the byproduct. And my students now who have made 5, 10, 15 million, they're using the same process that they did to make their first million and just using it with bigger size. So you got to really fine tune your process, which most people don't want to do because it takes time. So someone's out there living in Alabama, Arkansas, and they throw in their first $5,000 in the stock market and they buy one stock and it goes up 30 or 40%. How do they decide 
like, when am I supposed to sell? When do I take profits? What the heck is dollar cost averaging? Like, when do I decide if I just want to put some money in the stock market? I'm not trying to day trade. I just live in Alabama or Arkansas. And I just want to put some money in the stock market. When Why do you do say I, Alabama or Arkansas? I just pick What's, two random states. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, right. They're like right next to each other too. Um, listen, I, I never go into a trade or investment without a plan. Like, you know, a lot of people do. They just want to ride AI. They want to buy an NFT. They just want to like dip their toes in. So they don't know if a stock is up or if an NFT is up. They're just like, oh, I'm experiencing it for the first time. I'm enjoying the ride. It's no different than like going to the movies and buying some popcorn and watching the movie. If you're in a trade, if you're in an investment, you're not just a bystander. Like this is your money. You should have a plan. So whenever I put my money into anything, even though I'm, you know, trading for charity. So technically it doesn't matter to me, like either way, I want to donate more to charity and I want to show good planning and good discipline. So if I'm in a stock, my usual goal is to make 15, 20, 25% versus my loss. If I'm wrong on that stock, I want to lose one, two, three, four percent So my risk reward is five to one, six to one, seven to one. So there's much more upside. I don't know how to make 100% or 200%. I have no patience whatsoever. I've been in probably, I don't know, maybe a thousand trades that have gone up a thousand percent and I take like 20%. This is number one problem that I have. I'm very good at the small stuff. And this is how I've turned a few thousand into a few million now several times. I don't know how to go big. I don't know how to have patience. But I will say if you are up big, it's usually good just to lock some in along the way. I know a lot of crypto people, they held all the way up. They're holding all the way down. And I'm like... Just take some profits. I know hodling is like the big thing, but what if you just lock in a third? What if you lock in half, you know, when it goes up too much? That's what I think. All right. So we talked about making money. We talked a bit about investing money. Let's talk about our third and most important topic to you because you've built now 115 schools. Talk to us about Karmagawa. Why'd you do it? How did it happen? Walk us through all of it. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, for teaching purposes, it's good for me to go back to a small account because most of my students have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand $2,000, $3,000 to their name. So it, it does me no good. Like if I'm trading with a million dollars, there's a lot of traders on Twitter and stuff. They trade with a million and they're like made 20 K today, but they're betting like 800,000. Right. So if you tried to do what they did with a small account, a, you wouldn't make it. B, you don't learn anything. It's just bragging. So I trade with a small account. It's better for me. I'm traveling all the time. I just flew in from Japan, came right from the airport, here for a day, flying back to Bali, right? So for me, I needed to find something that works for me where trading with a small account is boring. Like I understand many people have a small account. Like that's all the money they have. Like they should take care of it. I could trade with millions. I could trade with like 10 plus million if I wanted to, but I have to trade small for my students. So now how do I stay like motivated, right? Donating all my training profits to charity makes it more fulfilling. The adrenaline rush is gone. You lose the adrenaline rush. Like you've lost the adrenaline rush with like companies. It's just like dollars, like odds. You want to do the right thing. The adrenaline rush from profits or trading or gambling will fade over time. You need to find something that makes it meaningful. So as I've been traveling more and more, I've been to over a hundred countries. There's only so many luxury pools and like, you know, mojitos and, and pina coladas that you can have before you're like, what else is there? Right? Like we were in South Africa together. We're at staying at some beautiful places, but let's help like the locals. Let's help the animals. So started getting into charity. Um, you know, I'm big into education. So it was a natural fit to build a school. If I build one school, I build two schools. Let's build more schools. Um, so we're building schools all over. I'm donating the training profits. We have this charity merch. Can they see this? Yeah. Oh, is this video too? Yeah, 
He's wearing the charity merch. I'm wearing the charity merch. I wish we, I was. we got. We'll get you some. We'll get you some. This <laughs> is the new stuff. Right so this, I just came from Japan. This is made in Japan. Feel how soft this is. This is recycled materials, <laughs> right? This is recycled materials. Uh, my partner, Bad Boy, he's a photographer, great man, great designer. He designed this. So this this is actually like make peace, not war. This is going to help um, like the victims of war in like Yemen, uh, Ukraine, Afghanistan. This is to help the animals, fittingly enough. Um, you know, we now support over 100 different charities. We've donated eight plus million. But between the trading profits, between the charity um, merch, between, you know, we have a few documentaries, it makes it all meaningful. Like I'm so pumped. You don't get a lot of sleep because you're like, you know, a businessman, right? You're like Dr. Evil. You're like, <laughs> always, <laughs> always thinking. And you love that stuff. You don't sleep because you're like loving the animals. I don't sleep because I'm traveling. I'm teaching. I'm trading. I'm doing what I love. We've all found what we loved. And that's why, you know, frankly, we're all living the dream life. But giving back, no matter what you love, if you can donate some of your profits, like money goes so far, and especially in third world countries. Like I'm flying to Bali. Like I said, we're building homes now, $2,500 per home for families who are basically like living in tents. Um, we're going to Turkey. We donated, you know, roughly $300,000 to the Turkey and Syria uh, earthquake victims. 250,000 buildings collapsed in Turkey. Right, like it's what? it's two hundred fifty thousand buildings. Like it's it's not just like two buildings, two hundred like the whole country really got hit hard and the government doesn't have money. So you have 3 million people living in tents right now. And it's not like, oh, let's just live in tents until they rebuild. There's no rebuilding because there's no money. So once you start looking at the world and you start traveling again, I like luxury. I like relaxing. I was just in a beautiful spot in Japan for a little bit. But then you go out and you see where money can really help people and help animals. And we're also destroying the planet. Like the reason why we make this out of sustainable, like recycled materials, fast fashion is destroying the world. I know everyone loves tagging like aloe and Fashion Nova and, you know, all this like, oh, what is it? A Shein. I don't know. Have you looked at Shein? This... You should look at Shein. This is like a hundred billion dollar Chinese company that popped up out of the blue and they like crap on all these other like, you know, fast fashion companies. They're releasing what? 900 new dresses like every day. And the dresses are like 15 or $20, but fast fashion might be cheap for the consumer, but it comes at a cost for the planet. Like the way that fashion is made fast fashion, it's terrible for the planet. So there's always a cost somewhere. So when you travel more, when you learn more, even if you can't travel, like look at this stuff up on the internet. Like you can see it. You don't have to use me as a resource. Once you start seeing this, you're like, how do I help? You know, don't buy this fast fashion crap. Don't, you know, use as much plastic as you used to. Like there's different things that we can do to make this world better. But the best thing that you can do is get rich because then you can really use your wealth to give back and, and affect a lot of change. Tarzan, talk to us about the experience when you went out and traveled with Tim. Well, I've been dying to talk to yeah. Tim on a podcast for years. So uh, if you guys don't know, I did my first uh, real trip across the pond with Tim. Um, I had went to like South America, Central America, and then I met with Tim one day on South Beach. He's like, dude, I want to go to Africa. I want to go to Australia. And we did our Save the Reef campaign, um, Karmagawa campaign over there for uh, um, anti-poaching of rhinos and helping giraffes, Bronx Giraffe Manor. Uh, it was just so beautiful, man, to be able to see someone so passionate about animals, also about the stock market and finances, be so well-versed in such a wide variety of different things and bring everybody together. You bought like, I don't know, like eight 
10 influencers together, but two guys were camera guys. One guy's a drone guy. You know, Matt does the photography. You know, me and Kelp did the animals. We had a couple other models that had sustainability. So it was really good to see Tim put everything together and make it flow, you know? And then the best part about it is our, uh, our documentary went viral. You know, it was, I think it was 30 million views, 30 million. you know, raised uh, over a million dollars. This is, bro, it was the coolest thing ever. And one thing I'm still so proud of to this day that I uh, always, you know, represent the Carmagawa merch because it's actually something that's, it's new, it's modern, it's changing the world, you know, with young people uh, wanting to make the earth a better place, you know, doing eco-friendly merch, you know, stuff like that, putting it out there. I seen that they're like dumping fast fashion in the middle of the desert. There's like mountains and mountains of, you know, sweaters, shorts, socks, dresses, just living in a desert because they just dump it out there. There's nowhere else to put it, you know. So it's cool to learn, you know, from someone like Tim who believes in us young guys and, uh, and to bring us around the world and, and get to work, you know, something we're passionate about. I did my first dive in the Great Barrier Reef with Tim, you know, my first time ever in Australia. Just, oh, man, I still think of I get goosebumps thinking about it. And since since we came back from Africa, I've been five more times. I just got back from Australia again for a month over there. So it's really good to go back to these places and circle backs, hang out with aboriginals, hang out with the locals in Africa, all around from South Africa, all the way to Egypt. It's just, it's amazing, man. So I, I really, I want everybody to really support you know, the messages that Karma Gal was Save the Reef, Pencils of Promise are doing, and it's, uh, it's something I really stand by, you know, and I love. What is the website for it, or where can they watch the YouTube? Like, tell us some of the sites so people can actually go look at these well, things. Well, karmagawa.org. Yeah, karmagawa.org and karmagawa.com. Um, we have different stuff on different websites, whether it's the merch or the documentaries. Um, the Save the Reef documentary is called 50 Minutes to Save the World uh, by Amir. Um, you know, we brought him. We we're supposed to just do a five-minute uh, little video about the reef, but we saw so much destruction with coral reefs, and we don't realize, like people say, oh, we want to save the trees. We don't realize that there's more underwater trees than overwater trees. Like underwater trees are actually even more important, and we're destroying the coral reefs in so many different ways. And you can help just by like using the right suntan lotion. Like there's certain chemicals in suntan lotion that shouldn't be used on coral reefs. It kills all the marine life and that's eventually going to kill us. So it's like the younger generation through, you know, social media, whether you watch the documentary on YouTube, um, it's called the war against poaching, uh, by Sam Coulter, another videographer who we brought out and that's on YouTube. That one got, um, you know, that one got 30 million views on Instagram. Uh, save the reef got 15 million views on YouTube because, uh, also Aquaman, Jason Momoa promoted it too. <laughs> so we're getting influencers. We're getting celebrities really just to spread awareness. Cause like money is nice like building schools building homes but a lot of what we're doing to animals in the environment it's just due to irresponsible like ignorance we don't know like what we're doing because we don't realize again the long-term implications right like people need to understand what we do today what we do in a month what we do in a year all of that affects future generations people don't want to think about it and it's the same thing with your education like what you do today this week this month will affect what your life is like in 2028 2030 so everyone just needs perspective and i really think if you start planning for the future you'll be shocked at what you can accomplish like faster than you realize even though it does take time right? Like changing your ways, using less plastic, helping animals. Like you're not going to see an overnight immediate benefit, but over the years, like if, you know, every person did their part, you would see change. Same thing with your financial education. If you put in an hour, two hours of studying every day, you're not going to see any benefits right away, but two, three, four, five years from now, it's going to be night and day. That's what people need to see. Our first year with the toy drive, there was eight of us sitting on the floor wrapping toys. Our second year, there was 20-ish. 
30 there was 30 ish and now we just did the world's largest toy drive because math and time just compounds every year just more people want to volunteer more kids are showing up more people are supporting more people are donating when you say 115 schools, like that's a lot. Like as you say it casually, but that's a lot. Like 36,000 students every day go to school right now in our schools. But the goal is to build a thousand plus. And it's, you know, I like compounding because you can compound like your own income. You can compound your growth, especially on social media. Like, you know, Carmigawa has 1.5 million followers. Whoa. Grew huge with these documentaries, with people sharing. Um, but it's very difficult to compound like, you know, I, every home takes the same amount of time to build. We're trying new techniques. We built a school actually in Madagascar using 3D printing, nice. which was crazy. Our average school cost around $35,000. The Madagascar school costs 180000 Why would you spend so much? Because you're using a new technology. It's not efficient right now. It's not, you know, very good cost-wise. But trying this new technology we basically ship this giant 3d printer it's like the size of this van and it goes around and it prints everything and it's like liquid cement mm. and it solidifies so it takes basically two days to print a school from scratch but you have to get the printer there in madagascar is like a 12-hour drive from the airport the printer got damaged on the way Ugh. from the 12 hours and so then they had to do another 12 hours and then come back it was it was a whole mess but at the same time, new technology takes a while. Same thing with this. Like if you're trying to learn to make money, it's not going to be a fun process in the beginning. I had a student the other day being like, Tim, like it's been six months, I'm studying, but I'm not having fun. And I'm like, yeah, no, no crap. Like it's not fun, but you get to have fun after a while because right. then you can learn, you be self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency creates confidence. Confidence creates happiness. You know, expertise creates money and income over time. That's when you get to have fun. The process is not fun. The process of you getting jacked, like you're waking up at four or five in the morning, that's not fun. Some people like that. They're sick in their minds, right? <laughs> like the process of trying to save an animal, a whole species from being endangered. Like it's not fun in the beginning, but it's rewarding. The process of building a business in the beginning when you're just putting like the foundation and like everything can go wrong when you have a startup. Anything and everything. I bet you have so many horror stories, right? But then when you succeed, the ops are great. Like the, the sweet isn't as sweet without the sour. So people need to go through the grind. You need to find what you love, focus on it, go through the ups and the downs, keep going, understand that it's always going to be messy. Nothing is perfect. But over time, when you do succeed, you're going to remember those downs. You're going to remember those pits. Like when I lost $500,000 when I first invested, right? And I had no rules press ripped me a new one because I was on TV. I hated it. For the first few months, it sucked. Now I look back and say that was one of the best experiences of my life. I've never had another $500,000 loss. I've learned to respect the press. Um, I'm not the cocky, dumb kid that I was. I deserve that loss. And it made me a better trader. It made me a better investor. And it made me a better teacher. If you don't have losses, if you don't have mistakes, if you don't have horror stories, you don't have the full perspective. You're due for a loss. Like, I'm always worried about people who are like, ah, I don't need any big losses. I don't need that. I'm learning from you. And I'm like, ah, you need that emotional scarring so that you remember what not to do. That's all part of your journey. You won't be truly successful until you have that emotional scarring. I'm not saying you have to lose $500,000, but understand that you will make mistakes no matter how confident you are, no matter how well prepared you are, something won't go according to plan. Then it's a question of how will you deal with it and how will you come back from it? Last question. Why do you think that individuals, businesses, or brands should incorporate charity into their lives each year? 
Ooh. Um, I mean, charity has changed my life. Like I, before this, I was just all money. Like I had all my dream cars. I bought like a Rolls Royce or Ferrari, McLaren, um, two Lambos. My second Lambo, <laughs> and this sounds bad. My second Lambo was one of my worst days ever. The second Lambo getting delivered. First Lambo, I'm like, yeah, childhood dream. I'm the man. Second Lambo, I'm like, I feel nothing. Yeah. Do I have cancer? I did a $10,000 cancer test that day. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with me? It just didn't motivate me anymore. So for me, I had to, again, fulfill my childhood dream. There's nothing wrong with wanting luxury or material goods. But once you have it, I think that you'll find that it gets old very quickly and you want more. There's a lot of unhappy rich people out there sure. because they're just focused on their bank account, focused on luxury. They're focused on what they think they want. But then when they get it, it's not necessarily going to make them happy. So why should individuals, why should businesses give back? I think that it's going to unlock a whole new you know, just a whole new world for everybody. Like all these new feelings, new inspiration. I get pumped now when I donate, when I make a trade, cause I know I'm going to donate that when, you know, we do a documentary film and it gets the word out, you know, for our, for our rhino poaching, uh, video it was actually amazing. We get, you know, I, I manage the, uh, social media for Karma Gal. I'm obsessed with that. I'm like a micromanager. So I'm looking at the DMS when this rhino video started hitting, we got this one message from this inner city teacher in Chicago. And she's like, I mean, these are inner city kids, Chicago, not the nicest place, like very dangerous place. And she's like, she left like a little voice message and she's like, she mispronounced it. She was like, Karma Waga, I don't know what you guys do. Karma Gawa, by the way, Gawa means to do or to make in Tagalog. Matt, my partner is Filipino. So we're making good karma. So it's Karma Gawa, not Karma Waga. <laughs> but she said, you know, she doesn't know, right? She's like, leaves a little DM um, with her voice saying like, ah, oh, Karma Waga, um, I don't know what you guys do, but five of my students changed their class topic, like they have a class project, to rhinos. Hmm. And these are inner city kids in Chicago. They're never going to see a rhino, most likely. But they started to care. And we unlocked something. So whatever it is, whether it's animals, whether it's the environment, whether it's building homes, building schools, donating, you know, food at your local food bank, you know, toys to kids in need. Um, there's so many different issues around the world, or even when there's like an emergency when, you know, it's Turkey and Syria or Yemen or Afghanistan. Like some people say like, Oh, only like help America, help everybody. We're all on the same planet together. We're all connected. Like some people are like, Oh, you know, that's, that country deserves it. They're not right. Like everyone needs a little help and we should all try to help each other. I think that you'll be very fulfilled and it's actually, you know, forget just the feelings. It's good business because it shows that you're not like these evil companies. There's so many evil companies that don't do any charity and they're destroying the world and they might be making big profits, but they're gradually turning their customer base off because people can see if like you're evil. Yeah. People can see if you're like evil in NFTs, like there are people who made a lot of money in NFTs or crypto, but they burned everybody. Mm -hmm. Their careers are dead. People don't forget that. Don't burn people. Don't be a bastard. Don't be evil give back and, and people will come to you. Like my business has grown when people see that I'm donating all my trading profits. Right. No one, nobody else in the trading world like does that. The only people that don't like it are like, you know, my former New York banker friends and now their girlfriends or wives like follow Karma Gawa. And every time we have a new post, they send them to their husband or, right. or boyfriend. They're like, <laughs> donate more. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, Tim, stop, stop doing this. I'm like, Yo, no, you donate more. <laughs> There's so many yeah. rich people out there who could really do so good, yes. like so much Please. good out there. And it just, it takes awareness and a little motivation. Try one school, try one home, try saving, you know, one animal, try, you know, not even money. Like, even if you don't have a lot of money, you can donate, you know, go donate your time, volunteer at your local food bank. There's so much you can do. 
that's literally why one third of our podcast is about charities because we want those rich people out there to donate. We want people that can't afford it to donate their time, energy, social media power. Social media shares help a lot, right? Even if you have no money whatsoever, let's say you're broke, you're grinding, that's fine. We all start somewhere, but you can share. Even if you have like, oh, people are like, oh, I only have 30 followers. That's fine. Every share helps spreading awareness. And this is the beauty of social media. This is the beauty of this technology. Hopefully this, you know, podcast will be listened to millions of times. And if we can reach, like I, some people say like, if I could reach one people, like I don't want to reach one person. I want to reach like 10,000 people at one time. Imagine if 10,000 people all donated $10 to whatever their favorite charity is right now. One podcast, $100,000 to a good cause. Well, millions of people are going to listen to this episode. We're number four in the world today. So thank you guys for for listening and sharing. Tarzan, (laughs) tell us a quick story about your trip to Giraffe Manor with Timothy and why you're building your own version of Giraffe Manor here at Black Side Ranch. Okay, so... The first time I got to Africa, South Africa, we flew in uh, Cape Town and we drove over to uh, Kenya and uh, we got to Giraffe Manor and actually all the giraffes were going out to the field to go to sleep for the night and uh, the warthogs came up. Timon and Pumbaa, you know, from Lion King. So uh, we're feeding them little pellets and they're getting close. And like, I went down and touched one and he like, he got real close and it spooked me so bad because like I got inches away. I finally touched it and just, you know, it little put his tusk up and it freaked me out. I was like, oh, that was great. And he scurried <laughs> off into the bushes. And then the next morning, uh, maybe like what, 6 a.m., they start coming out to your window. I wake up and I go down the stairs. Um, I couldn't even wait for it to come to my window. I just saw him come from a distance. I said, I want to see these guys come up. And uh, they had let they had released one of the babies came out. So I saw a six foot baby coming and he's all galloping right in a little front area. And he's like, got the zoomies. And just to see like a little six foot giraffe have zoomies, you know, it's just like the cutest thing you can ever think of in your entire life. You know, then we spent Thanksgiving there. We had Thanksgiving dinner there. So I, um, it was one of my first times spending away from my family in the States. And I was with my new family out in Carmagawa. And it was cool, man. It was one of the best feelings ever to eat French toast and giraffes are sticking their heads in the window and like trying to, you know, eat off your plate and giving you kisses. It's it's, it's awesome, man. Uh, it's super historic. And that's one thing that we're going to do here is uh, we have a rescue giraffe we're going to be getting soon. And uh, we're building a big, huge area for it here in Temecula, California, the wild jungle. And you'll be able to go, you know, have Airbnb experience, eat your breakfast, you know, see a rescue giraffe come hang out at your, at your balcony. You know, it'd be pretty cool. Tim. In the world of chaos, what's your last words for people as we go through in the medias talking about recessions and craziness and stock market and economy and bop, 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 bop. They're hearing all these things. How do people stay calm in the chaos? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be fear-driven media. Like That's how they make money. You know, they don't have as much Donald Trump as they used to to, to entertain people. So, like, you know, the fear is going to be exaggerated. Uh, the hype is going to be exaggerated. You have to realize like what drives mania, what drives social media. You got to cut through all that BS and you need to find, again, what makes you happy, find your lane and recognize that all the chaos, all the fear creates opportunity, right? Like when prices are depressed, again, if the media is ripping on like a sector, if they're ripping on, you know, NFTs, they can still come back. Let's not forget, you know, for all the hate with Bitcoin, and again, I, I'm not a fan of all the crypto scammers. There's so many scams out there. But for all the hate, Bitcoin has been the single best performing asset, not just for a year, but for the past decade, right? Same thing with like gold, where a lot of people are like, oh, gold is amazing. And you have all these gold bugs. Gold as an asset over decades has sucked. It's absolutely sucked. And so you have all these people, you know, spouting all these narratives, 
but we now have data. Right. So you can cut through all the narratives right. and math. you just focus on the data. Yeah. Be like, oh, everyone hates Bitcoin? Well, why is it the single best performing asset in the past decade? Everyone thinks that the US dollar is going to crap and everyone should buy gold? Well, the US dollar has still appreciated compared to gold. Like, stop believing BS. Start researching more. Use all these tools. Like, we have all these new tools that are being built every single day. And people don't realize it. Now with AI, everything's going to explode because you have all this new technology. Again, that's compounding. The first like, you know, layer of technology, the internet, fantastic. But it keeps getting better. Now AI can speed everything up. So the next few years are going to be incredible. Forget the fear. Forget, you know, all the people who are negative. Like I always say like weed negative toxic people out of your life because they'll always hold you back. That's just their perspective. Maybe they had a bad childhood. Maybe they're in a bad relationship. Maybe they lost all their money. And so they're like spouting that negativity and projecting it on you. Don't, don't give into that. I've had a fantastic life. You've had a fantastic life. You've had a fantastic life. And it's just beginning. If you stay positive, if you find what you love, and if you're very meticulous and opportunistic, Understand the fear is never going to go away. You can't be like, stop spouting fear. And the fear mongers are going to be like, okay, I'll stop. That'll never happen. They'll do what they do. The world will do what it does. But you have an opportunity to A, become very wealthy, B, become very self-sufficient, and C, become very happy. Because happiness is created from freedom, wealth, giving back, and like having good relationships. So I'm a positive guy. And I'm very excited in the next few years, the hardest workers, those who study and use these new tools, not who are scared of them, they will benefit the most. You don't have to listen to this, right? Like you can be fear-based. You can live in, you know, a small world, just spout your little conspiracy theories and be miserable. There's people like that. Or you can take advantage, be open-minded and really capitalize. It's up to you. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just listened to Timothy Sykes here on the Money Mondays. Make sure to follow him across all social media platforms. It's at Timothy Sykes. This is also important. If you want to learn about the stock market, definitely check out his courses. If you want to go to his live events. But most importantly and most passionately to me is what he's done with Karmagawa, 115 schools and growing. So check out The Real Tarzan. Check out Timothy Sykes. And we have one favor request for you guys every single week. We all grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money. We think it's rude to not talk about money because that's why we're in a lot of these economic crises and a lot of reasons that people go into debt is they don't know about salaries and rent and apartments and leases and they don't know anything about stocks etc because we just don't talk about it because it was rude so we think it's rude to not talk about money so it's your job to share podcasts like this talk with your friends talk with your staff talk with your family etc about money you can visit us at themoneymondays.com share us on the podcast and we'll see you guys next monday